the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre-recorded. A shepherd genuinely cares about the sheep. A hireling doesn't. All he cares about is getting paid for his work. And because he doesn't care about the sheep, Jesus said, when danger arises that threaten the sheep, such as a hungry wolf approaching, that the hireling, he just leaves. He runs away. He flees from the scene simply because it doesn't matter to him what happens to the sheep. All that he cares about is himself, his own welfare, his own self-interest. chose to join us today for our verse-by-verse radio program. I hope you've been as blessed as I have to hear the teaching that has been coming our way from Pastor Steve. This series has been a blessing to me in many ways. I have seen many applications for my own life, but more importantly, it has caused me to appreciate my own pastor. He is faithful in teaching God's Word with boldness and completeness. If your pastor is teaching the Word of God, If your pastor is teaching the word boldly and faithfully, let me encourage you to thank him for his faithfulness. Our verse-by-verse radio program has been on the air for many years, and Pastor Steve Kreloff has been faithful in his teaching since the beginning. Now, though, we are ready for today's program. If you're able to follow along in your Bible, please turn to Acts chapter 20, verses 31 through 32. Many years ago, before becoming the pastor-teacher at Lakeside, I served this church in a number of other staff positions. Initially, I was brought on staff to be the minister of evangelism. Then I became the associate pastor. And finally, for about nine months, I served as interim pastor as the church looked for someone to permanently fill that position of pastor. As I've shared with you before, this nine-month period was very difficult. It's very challenging. It was a difficult time, hard time in my life, because there were many who felt that I was far too young and inexperienced to be the pastor of such an established church. Others were critical of my expository preaching style, and I might add the length of my preaching. And still others objected to some of the things that I believed and I was teaching, such as a shared team of elders, of pastors, rather than a single senior pastor who had the last say on everything. And it was during this time, this very difficult time, that one night during a very hard elders meeting that I resigned. I just decided that I didn't want to be a part of so much contention and 
strife, and so I resigned. And I can still recall driving home that night thinking, are you crazy? What did you just do? How are you going to explain this to Michelle, that you resigned? And I thought, what a foolish thing I've done. I had no other job lined up, but I resigned. I quit really out of frustration. And it was soon after after this. In fact, it was really the very next day that I found myself reading John chapter 10. And here are the words that I came across as I read the gospel of John chapter 10. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand or a hireling and not a shepherd who is not the owner of the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and he's not concerned about the sheep. Now, what struck me about these words is the contrast that Jesus made between a genuine shepherd and a hireling, a hired hand who really doesn't care about the sheep. And that is the difference, that a shepherd genuinely cares about the sheep, a hireling doesn't. All he cares about is getting paid for his work. And because he doesn't care about the sheep, Jesus said when danger arises that threaten the sheep, such as a hungry wolf approaching, that the hireling, he just leaves. He runs away. He flees from the scene simply because It doesn't matter to him what happens to the sheep. All that he cares about is himself, his own welfare, his own self-interest. Now, as I read those words by Jesus that night, it reaffirmed in my heart that I was not a hired hand, but rather a shepherd who deeply cared for the sheep at Lakeside. And so in the midst of all these difficulties and dangers, I, I knew I was not going to abandon the sheep. And so as a result of this very meaningful time in God's word where the Lord met me in a very special way, I took back my resignation. I continued being interim pastor and then a few months later I was voted in as Lakeside's pastor teacher and I've been here for almost 40 years. Now this experience, though it took place many years ago, There's a lesson that I learned during that difficult time that has stuck with me for these nearly four decades. That lesson being that those who lead the church are called to be loving, caring shepherds whose job is to protect the flock from predators who are out to harm them. And that's exactly what we've been learning from our study of Paul's farewell address to the elders of the church at Ephesus knowing that this would be his last time to meet with these men, Paul gives them his final instructions on just how they are to lead and take care of the church. And he divides his instruction into two parts. The first part, he reminds these men of his own example of leadership, his own ministry to the church demonstrated while he was with them at Ephesus, for the last three years. And his purpose, folks, in doing this is to present himself as a model, as an example, as an illustration for how they should minister to the church, especially since he was leaving. They would be left in charge. And so he reminds them that his service to the Lord was marked by, number one, by humility. 
Number two, by tears. And number three, he says, by trials. But in spite of these trials, which came about, he said, from the unsaved Jewish community persecution, he said he continued to teach the church. He refused to shrink back from declaring to them all that was beneficial for them, for their spiritual growth, and even evangelizing the lost as he preached repentance and faith in Christ. And now, though he has departed from Ephesus, remember he's on his way to Jerusalem, and he's aware that imprisonment and suffering, affliction await him when he gets to that city, he says he's not going to turn back. He's not going to retreat. He's, he's not going to run out of fear for his life. Why? Because he's committed, he says, to fulfilling Christ's call on his life, which was to proclaim the gospel of the grace of God. He's going to run the course until the finish line. And so having reminded these men of how he conducted his life and his ministry during his time with them in Ephesus, Paul moves on now to the second part of his instruction, which is to tell these elders how they are to conduct their life and ministry now that he has moved on. And so beginning with verse 28, the apostle lays out for them five responsibilities they've been given by God in their role as leaders of the church at Ephesus. Last Sunday, we discovered the first two of these pastoral responsibilities. Number one, Paul says that they are to pay attention to their own lives. He begins verse 28 by saying, be on guard for yourself. Before telling these elders anything else, the first thing Paul exhorts them to do above everything else is to pay attention to their own spiritual lives. That's what he means by this. Since godly character is the most essential part of pastoring, why? Because without it, a pastor has no credibility. He has to have godly character. Paul exhorts these men to make sure that they are taking care of their own souls. As I told you last Sunday, in ministry, character is everything. It begins with character. It ends with character. And by character, the Bible means what you are before God when nobody else is around, when nobody else sees you, when you could get away with things, but you choose not to. You choose to honor the Lord. That's character. And you develop godly character. How? By spending time in the Word of God, reading it, studying it, praying it through, and by being responsive and submissive and obedient to Scripture, by applying it to your lives. That's how you take care of your own soul. There's nothing more important for an elder than to watch over his own life in order to make sure that he is pursuing inner holiness, not outward appearance, but inner holiness, because without inner holiness, a man will not be able to effectively minister to anyone else. It was the great Puritan scholar John Owen who once said, a minister may fill his pews, his communion roll, the mouths of the public, but what that minister is on his knees in secret before God Almighty, that he is and no more. And so like Paul, I exhort the elders of our church, and I'm including myself here to make sure that you are spending time meeting with the Lord every day. That's not an option. It's not a luxury. You have to do this, paying attention to your own spiritual lives so that you're, you're not so busy caring for others that you fail to care for your own soul. But now, in addition to paying attention to their own lives, elders also have been given a second responsibility, 
That is to shepherd all of the flock. Paul goes on to say in verse 28, he says, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. After telling the elders to pay attention to their own spiritual lives, Paul tells them that they must also pay attention to the spiritual lives of not just some members of the church, he says all of the flock. And the reason for this is because the Holy Spirit, Paul says, has made them overseers of all the flock, not just a segment of it, all the flock. The Spirit is the one who has called these men to the ministry, He has gifted them for their work of ministry and he has sovereignly placed them in the exact local church he wants them to serve and minister. And his purpose in making certain men overseers is for them, Paul says, to shepherd, which means pastor, it's the same word, shepherd, pastor the whole church, neglecting no one, even those who sometimes can be difficult and challenging to care for. And folks, what helps pastors do this when in their flesh, frankly, they don't feel like caring for some of the more high maintenance sheep is to remember that these sheep are part of God's precious flock who have been purchased by Jesus at the cross with his atoning blood. Although the world may not think very highly of the church, there is nothing more important, nothing more valuable Nothing more precious to Jesus Christ in this world than his church. And if they are valuable to Christ, if the church is valuable to Christ, then the church must be valuable to those who minister in Christ's name, namely elders. And it's because all the members of the church are so very dear to him that Jesus as the great shepherd of the sheep, as well as the Holy Spirit, has placed under shepherds, meaning elders over the sheep in order to protect them from those who would try to do them harm, namely false teachers. And that's why Paul proceeds to immediately state these words in verses 29 and 30. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Now, Paul He was very much aware that false teachers would soon be infiltrating the church at Ephesus. And he wouldn't be there to protect the sheep. He had been there for three years. He had moved on. But he knew that troublesome times were coming. Some of these false teachers, he said, would come from outside of the church. Men who the church at Ephesus didn't even know at this point. But they would come in and they would do harm to the church. But some of them, he said, would already be there. They didn't need to come in from the outside. These men were men who were at the church already. They were elders. They already had a platform for teaching. And Paul's warning the elders about this. This is what Paul meant when he said, from among your own selves, meaning the elders, men will arise speaking perverse things. In other words, in time, some of the elders of this church would prove to be, note this, unregenerate, unsaved men who would initially appear to be Christians, but eventually would be revealed as wolves in sheep's clothing who would twist and distort the teaching of the word of God for the purpose of tearing the sheep away from Christ, sound doctrine, and the local church. Now, the fact that false teachers can come from within the church 
And they can deceive God's people into thinking that they are holy men. That really shouldn't surprise any of us. And it shouldn't surprise us because the Apostle John in his first letter clearly said that this would happen. 1 John chapter 2 verses 18 and 19 say this, Children, it's the last hour, and just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. Now, these individuals whom John refers to as Antichrist, who are they? Well, they're false teachers. They're teachers who are against Christ, the Christ of the Bible, against the gospel. They oppose the gospel. But at one time, they were professing Christians who were members of a Bible-believing church. However, in time, they revealed their true character and they defected from biblical Christianity. They left the local church and the fellowship of God's people. In addition, Jesus had warned us about the dangers of false teachers appearing to be men of God when he said in Matthew seven fifteen that wolves are often disguised in sheep's clothing. Beware of them, he said, meaning that they can appear to be Christians outwardly But underneath their religious disguise, they're just savage and dangerous wolves who intend to harm the sheep. Do not be deceived. I remind you that Paul told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 11, 13, that false teachers are deceptive because he said they disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. And in doing so, they are just like their master, the devil, Satan, who disguises himself as an angel of light when in reality he is the prince of darkness. So this is the situation that Paul has told the elders that their church would soon be facing, an infiltration of false teachers who are out to tear the flock by dragging some of them off into cults, into false religious systems and heretical circles. And that's why it's so important for these men these elders, to take their pastoral responsibilities seriously by making sure that they protect the flock from these predators. And how are they supposed to do this? Well, that's what Paul proceeds to tell them. He moves on to tell them about a third pastoral responsibility in addition to paying attention to their own lives, in addition to shepherding all the flock, The apostle now tells them that they are to be on the alert for false teachers. Verse 31, therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. Now, Paul addresses the problem of false teachers impacting the members of this church by telling these elders that they are to be on the alert. He says, therefore, here's what you do. Be on the alert. So what does that actually mean? Well, the word that's translated alert simply means to stay awake, to not sleep. Now, obviously, Paul isn't speaking in physical terms. He's not telling them to stay awake all night, to never get six to eight hours of sleep or whatever, but rather he's talking in a figurative sense. He wants these elders to understand that they must be mentally and spiritually alert to the dangers of false 
teachers who might harm the sheep that they've been entrusted to protect be on the alert for that. In other words, they must be vigilant. They must be always on their toes. They must always be watchful and and alert in guarding the sheep from spiritual predators, namely the false teachers. This is very serious, and it's a very critically important part of being an elder because false teachers do pose such a dangerous threat to Christians. And you know what? It's worse today than it was in the Apostle Paul's day. And it's worse today because modern technology makes false teachers and their heresies easily accessible. Anybody can watch them. Anybody can listen to them. Anybody can read their books. So through television, books, and the internet, believers in Christ are exposed to so many false teachers who just were not available to Christians in previous generations. And sadly, many individuals, even Christians, find false teachers and their teaching very appealing. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why false teachers can be so attractive to people. Why? Note this. It's because they appeal to fleshly desires. That's their appeal. See, false teachers tend to offer people a religion in which they can do, frankly, whatever they want to do, even sexual misconduct. Notice some of the things Peter says about false teachers in his second letter, which is all about false teaching and false teachers. In 2 Peter 2, verse 2, we read this, many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. Now, first of all, Peter describes false teachers as being popular in the sense they have many followers. He says, many will follow. And why are these men so popular? What is it about their teaching that attracts so many people? Well, Peter says that many will follow their sensuality, meaning that these false teachers not only tend to practice sexual immorality themselves, but they teach immorality as an acceptable lifestyle to their devotees. That is to say, they put no moral restraints on themselves or their followers, and many find that very appealing. Why? Because they want a religious system where they can do whatever they want to do without anybody judging them, without anybody saying, that's wrong, stop that. Here are the guidelines for morality. This is where you stay. They don't want that. They don't want that. In addition, we read in 2 Peter 2.10, and especially those who indulge the flesh in its corrupt desires and despise authority, daring self-will, they do not tremble when they revile angelic majesties. Now, Peter says that false teachers, in addition to indulging in fleshly desires, he said they also despise authority. Nobody's going to tell them what to do, even to the point where they rebuke angels because they're self-willed and they are in submission to no authority. They are their own authority. In other words, no one's going to tell them what to do, how to live. They're their own bosses. Notice what else Peter says about false teachers. In 2 Peter 2, 18 and 19, he says, for speaking out arrogant words of vanity, they entice by fleshly desires, by sensuality, those who barely escape from the ones who live in error, promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. 
For by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. Now Peter says that false teachers, they attract unsuspecting individuals by enticing them with arrogant words, puffed up words that are intended to impress and to lure them to join their religion that puts no restraints on sexual misconduct. He says that although they promise their followers freedom, they can't deliver on this promise. It's impossible because they themselves are slaves to their own corrupt natures and those who follow them become slaves as well. They don't have a message of freedom. It's a message of slavery. Truth is vitally important. Satan, truth is vitally important. Satan can come at us with a a hint of truth surrounded by a lie and those who are not protected can fall prey to the deception. That's why I appreciate the Apostle Paul's warning to the Ephesian elders to be on the alert for false teachers. We have our share of false teachers here. We have our share of false teachers here in our time. And it's so important for all of us to be on the guard and to know the Word of God. Yes, pastors have a responsibility to protect their flock. But each of us also has a responsibility to know God's Word, so we are prepared when false teaching comes our way. If you have been blessed by listening to Verse by Verse, please tell a friend and ask them to tune in. If you have missed part of a program, you can get caught up by surfing to versebyverseradio.org. Click on the radio tab, and there you will find a link to the Verse by Verse podcasts where you can get yourself up to date on this great series. A faithful shepherd says farewell. See you next time. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.